You guys have been asking me some good questions. If you have you ever sat down and been like, I wonder what Granger would think about this. You could email me anything, any question, any subject, GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. Ask the question. And I've been loving the questions that have been rolling in. And I get I get them and I sort them and I say, oh, this is a career question or this is a girl question. This is a music question. This is a touring question. And I kind of get them all put together. And then depending on who my guest is, I'll go through that list and pick the right ones for that episode. This is a great one. And these are good questions. And my brother Parker is helping me today. Love having Parker on. He's so, he's so good at going through these, these questions with me and like having a good thought behind it as if we're in sitting in the truck driving down the road and two buddies are having a conversation about a question or even better yet, we're sitting at a campfire chilling. Here comes the question. And we get a long form, thoughtful answer. And I love this podcast. And that that's, that's so much of what this podcast is, is just having a conversation with you guys and answering your questions. So thanks for that. Granger Smith podcast at gmail.com. Ask me anything. That's what we're going to do today. I've been, been pretty pumped today because we've been also been talking about touring and on this podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the dates that are starting to come in. We're seeing more and more. There's like a run, a five show run we're doing in April. There'll be some in May and then June, more and more July is starting to look like, Hey, we're going to be busy. And then after that, we'll be on the road. We're becoming to your town. So pumped about that. We'll get the podcast back on the road again, back on wildflower, just like it started. It's all coming full circle. This craziness is almost over. This is episode 77. Thanks for listening. Granger Smith Podcast. Yee yee. Parker back, brother Parker, helping answer some questions. I, I want to start out with um, some really profound, deep questions. The subject line is Parker. It says, hello, I'm Mariah from Michigan. Shout out to Michigan. Love the podcast. Number one, why is Parker single? Number two, how old is Parker? Hmm. So when she, she sent this and I immediately put it into the Parker folder, waiting for you to be back so you could answer these profoundly interesting questions for the world. Well, we could, we could switch it. We'll start with number two. I am 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Question number one, I have not ever been somebody to get in a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship. I don't see myself as someone who 
enjoys just having someone else's company just for its own sake. I date, I haven't been on a date in probably over a year because if I'm going on a date with someone, it's because I have vetted them and I see qualities in them that could be a potential wife and mother to my children and grandmother to my grandchildren. Vetting by social media? Or mutual friends. I gotcha. Uh, and so I just have, I just have uh, standards that I put in place before I don't date casually. I date to marry. And so if I go on one date with you and I don't see myself marrying you, then I don't go on a date with you again. So that's why I've been single for most of my life. You, you could have, when you're 22, that's probably different. When you're 27, that's changed, right? You would casually date when you're 22, like just to have fun. Cause you weren't. Yeah. Just because I was just a completely different person. So that's more of just a matter of it. You're like dating just for the social aspect of it to like go to like go to dances in college and formals and just cause you're always around them and like hanging with friends and it's fun sort of thing. But yeah, when you're, when you're out of college and like you're a young man and you have work and responsibilities, uh, I don't just do it casually. So what's something that you would see on say Instagram or Facebook? What's something that you would see that's agreeable? Like, ah, this person has potential. Well, I personally have six non-negotiables that I have written down. All right, here we go. Number uh, one. <clears throat> and this is, may sound pretentious, and I don't mean it to be said that way. I don't think I'm that great of a guy by any means, but it's the most – the person that you end up with for the rest of your life is it's the most – arguably the most important decision, one of the most important decisions you'll ever make your whole life. It It determines – the generations of thousands of people that come after you of your, your kin and your grandkids. And yeah, and it's the person that you will be with more than anybody else for the rest of your life. Like they are, they become, you become one flesh when you get married. Right. So, um, anyway, my, my non-negotiables are sweet. It's the six S's. Oh, wow. <laughs> sweet, secure, social, um, sweet, secure, social, spiritual, servient, and smoking hot, which sounds, <laughs> which sounds real, really bad. I really just mean beautiful. And by servient, servient can be taken the wrong way. I really don't mean that in a way like I want you to like be my slave and like do everything for me, but just servient in that like God gave you a servant heart and you genuinely enjoy being a caretaker and being a mother and the person that I, and I, and I, I deserve, I mean, I don't deserve, I, um, I, I enjoy caring for others as well. So I don't, I don't mean that in that way. Let me well, say that. I'm your brother. So I could tell you that you, you're not saying this, but in coming up with those six non-negotiables, you're also, I'm assuming you're holding, trying to hold that same standard to yourself as well. So I, I like the old saying of uh, <clears throat> there's a guy who uh, he was like kind of known for being uh, the single guy who didn't date just to date. And when I think he was like 33 or 34, he finally found the girl that he was going to marry. And he said, there's a quote that he said that when I became the man, I knew I was capable of becoming the woman I was worthy of appeared. Mm. So that's just kind of like my never ending quest thus far to become become the best possible man that I know I'm capable of on earth. And then a woman that I could potentially be worthy of would come into my life through that. Dude, that's awesome. 
Okay, so those are the six that non-negotiable. What are what's something that you would see on social media from a girl that you'd think, ah, she's out? Um really if if you're I mean, gosh, it's so, it's so, it sounds kind of pretentious for me to say you're out. Like, right. I really don't mean it like that, but the, I could say just some of the things that I may look for in terms of like, if I'm going on, like say your social media, which I don't like to just judge someone based on their social media. Like I don't like to do that either. But if someone showed me a girl's social media page, I would look for pictures with her and her family to see if she has a good relationship with them. Uh, not a lot of, uh, over filtered selfies it, it, when the girl has a lot, a lot of selfies or a lot of, um, like risque pictures and like bathing suits and stuff, then it, it's typically a sign that like, maybe you're not the most secure. Maybe you're trying to get social validation through likes versus a girl who's just genuinely knows her worth and knows her value is not going to rely on, um, likes on social media to to validate herself she'll she'll post a picture with her grandma and it'll get six likes and she's just like i do i literally don't care like that's totally fine with me yeah that sort of thing i would say what what a good judge i could say is and this is disqualifies probably the music business because if you're like a girl singer most of your pictures are probably gonna be oh, yeah. you on stage <clears throat> or something but if it's a personal page it's a good indicator with how many pictures on your Instagram are you with someone else, like a friend, like your arm around somebody, you're doing something kind of activity with other people. That's a really good indicator. If, if you see someone on social media and every single picture is them with friends and they're smiling and they're with family or friends or dad or mom or sibling or niece or nephew or, or, or you know, whatever. That's a good indicator that this person, um, this person is pretty secure in themselves because they've established a group around them that they love and trust. Hmm. The opposite is if you see someone that's not a not in the music business or whatever, that every single picture is them by themselves in some kind of pose. You got to wonder, like, why? Why do you don't have any pictures with friends? Yeah, agreed. Let's move to a. A question, and by the way, if you have any question for me, anything at all, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I'll check these. I'll kind of categorize them and throw them into the podcast with my guest. This one, the subject matter, or excuse me, subject line of the email is business advice. It says, hey, Granger, my name is Clay. I'm from Tennessee. Shout out to Tennessee. I'm 17 years old. I just started a business this past summer making wood flags, and I'm soon going to be making gun holsters out of Kydex thermoplastics. I'm wanting to eventually start making all tactical items such as police gear, racks, concealment flags, concealment coffee tables, gun holsters. I'm also wanting this to eventually be a full-time business. Just wondering if you had any advice for someone trying to run a successful business. And I put this into the Parker category because you you do run a successful business at Yee Yee Apparel. And um, the first thing that comes to my mind, Clay, well, you know, congrats, man. You've got a lot of ambition and you're, you, you're a step ahead already 
with having this kind of ambition and, and wanting to run a successful business and you're only 17. So the first thing that pops out to me is you're 17. And when I was 17, I was playing high school football and singing on the weekends and didn't have that kind of ambition like you do. So that's really cool. Um, and then at the same, on the flip side of that, I would say, whatever you do in life and business and dreams and goals, whatever you do, don't skip over being 17. Don't, don't let this year fly by because you're planning for the future. The most important thing you could do right now, and this is maybe contrary to what you might think I'll say, the most important thing you could do right now is just soak up being 17. I can't tell you how many songs I've written about being 17 or being 18 or being in, being that age group and the girl you're dating at the time or, or the friends that you have or the trouble you're getting into with your buddies, you know, the late nights, the early mornings that just enjoy that. Cause you're only 17 once. And so it's so awesome that you have these dreams and goals, but don't worry about it and don't let it become so much of a focus that you're skipping out on just being a 17 year old. Enjoy making this stuff. Like you're making these holsters and, and, and wooden flags do, do that and put it on social media and perfect that craft, but only do it out of love of it and, and the fun of it. Don't already start preparing yourself for being 27 or 28. Uh, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And while you're doing it, enjoy the process. Don't be worried about, it's hard to say that to a 17 year old, but yeah. try to not try to not have a monetary goal in mind of why you're doing it. Like once I have $10,000 of sales, a thousand dollars, $500, you know, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, that's just good life advice. And then on the business side, I can't really attest. I was thinking yesterday about how people ask us all the time about business advice. And I was like, man, I can only, I can only speak for what I'm just so fortunate enough to have been in a brand where we were in a different spot where our marketing kind of outgrew the product. And it was like the brand just took off and it's just been us trying to create quality product to catch up with it. But if I could do it again, I would just say it comes down to two things from a business sense form. And that's, do you have an A plus quality product? That's, there's a million different people out there doing that these days. Do you have a product that, you know, we call it, we try to say, um, what is the word remarkable? Well, it's, it's something that's worth remarking about when someone gets that holster. Is it, is it something that they're, it's going to just say, wow, I'm going to tell my buddy about this. And so you got to have a great quality product and then you have to market it in an interesting way. So you have your product and then you need to get that product in front of eyeballs for the least amount of money possible. Right? So, whatever that may be for your customer or your position in your life right now, whether that may just be posted on your Instagram or going to going to tailgates or walking around uh, the high school or walking to a local gun club or whatever that may be, focus on those two things and have persistence and don't give up and be focused on the journey and not the outcome. Yeah. I would say immediately what you could do is start a, an Instagram page that's separate from your clay personal page. And make it, you know, quote unquote, your business page and concentrate. I've heard people say this, like, in, especially in the photography world and the video world, concentrate on your top nine, your top nine posts on your Instagram are your most important post at all times. So whatever your top nine is, most people won't scroll below that. So 
get these awesome holsters and wooden flags and position them in really cool spots. Like sometimes with Yee Apparel, we'll literally use an old stump and put a hat on top of the stump. And we have a couple where there's snow in the background and then a couple where there's like wildflowers or green grass or just make it look really cool in that environment and take a, take a couple angles, cut, you know, edit it, color it a little bit. So it looks, it looks really sharp and make your top nine on this new business page, all the different varieties of what you can do and make them awesome, make them cool enough where people go, that is the coolest wooden flag I've ever seen. And then I would go to your local police department and bring a, a prototype of these gear racks that you're talking about, or one of the things that you've made out of thermoplastic and go talk to a deputy there and just say, could I show you something? You know, my name's Clay. I'm 17. I'm trying to start a business and I'm trying to get into making tactical items and police gear racks. Could I show you a couple of things I've been working on? See what you think, how, if you would actually use it, and could I give you guys one for your department? Start it with that way. And then if they like it, then say, oh, by the way, we follow my Instagram page and share it. And, and that's the beginning of all this while keeping in mind to just enjoy being 17. But uh, that's the beginning. Parker said it right. Enjoy the process. Don't think about mass producing or just think about making the best coolest best quality items you can and make only like four or five of them perfect them if it's not right make another one get really cool pictures and fill that top nine of your instagram you do all that you're off to the races all right here's a let me pop up another one trying to i'm trying to build up into some of the heavier ones here um, I'm going to read this cold. I don't know what this says. I'm going to read it cold. The subject matter is life advice. It says, hey, I would like my name to remain anonymous. Uh, he says, I just wanted to say that even though I'm from a big city, I still find your music very relatable and meaningful in certain ways. Listening through a shuffle of every single one of your songs since the late 90s is great because it touches on so many aspects of life. I'm 17. Here we go again. I'm 17 years old and about to go to college. I'm planning to go to, go to med school and be a doctor. I would love to know what advice you have for dating. I have absolutely no experience. Never been to a school dance or asked a girl out. I've always thought it was uh, too early to be dating and that I should focus on school albeit my school's valedictorian, but at the cost of me being a bit uncomfortable socially in certain situations, like maybe talking to a girl or being at a party with a girl. But now I'm looking to change that. I don't want to just be single until I'm like 30 years old or something. Thanks so much for your time. Why? <laughs> I know, right? It's I was not that bad. bad. This is a good transition from what you just talked about, being 27 and still single. So I think... Um, you to remain your name remains anonymous i think first of all it's okay if you're still single at 30 dude you're you're about to be a doctor a val victorian super smart guy there is nothing wrong with you having not dated or been to a school dance or asked a girl out there's nothing wrong with that at all so first of all, change your mindset from thinking you're missing out or you're not living appropriately because that is what the world wants to tell you. And that's what social media wants to tell you. 
um, sitting here next to a 27 year old. I didn't get married till I was 30. My brother Tyler is single and he's what, 38. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we come from a family of waiting, <laughs> waiting for the right girl. And did, to be honest, when you find a girl and you will eventually, there you're going to find someone that's compatible with you and it's going to appreciate your vulnerability and you saying and all the girls out here could listen and probably agree by you saying i'm really nervous right now i've never asked a girl out i've never been on a date probably most girls listening would think oh that's pretty sweet like i have a ch- this is great like i could I could come in and I'll show him everything for the first time. Like I'll go and eat, we'll eat dinner for the first time together. I could be his first kiss ever. That's, that's really attractive to the girl that you're wanting to be with. If a girl is, is not attracted by that or is turned off by that, she's not the right girl for you, dude. You, you don't want a girl that's been like, I've been dating since I was 11 years old. So you don't want that. Um, you're, you're Mr. Val Victorian. And Mr. Doctor, you're going to go along your path. You're going to go to medical school. You're going to focus on you. You have to put you number one. You are number one in your life right now. Because eventually when you find a girl and you get married, you're no longer number one. And this is, this is guys and girls both. You have to be selfish when you're single. And people go, selfish? That's, yeah, that's rude. You don't want to be selfish when you're married. So you want to you want to focus on yourself, develop yourself, focus on school, get your good grades in medical school, get that land that good job. If along the way you meet someone, that's great. But if you get all that and you focus on yourself, you're going to be ready to open up and give the rest of yourself to your spouse eventually when the time comes and then when you're 40, you're not going to have any kind of regrets. You're not going to say I wish I'd focused more on school. Um, you're going to say, I'm ready to give my life completely to you. Yeah. It's like what we were talking about. You become the man that you can become focus on your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, get your finances in order. And when you do that, the woman that you're worthy of will appear. The type of girl that you're looking for will probably be probably appear. There's, you know, at 17, you can, you'll probably only have so much to offer. Right. But yeah, you know, I was a loser at 17, pretty much like to get the girl of your dreams, like, you know, a supermodel girl that's 24. That's everything that you could dream of probably is not going to go for a 17 or a 20 or 21 year old guy in college. that has nothing to offer. That's overweight. That's just studying all the time. That has no time that has no money or no way to no way to provide for potential children. But the more you develop yourself and, uh, and, as time goes by, you will be in a better place to attract that type of girl. Um, and then really to bring, I, I think about it all the time. It's a, it's a line of, um, you know, having faith too, and, and trusting God and knowing, you know, I struggle with it as well saying, you know, you alone are sufficient Christ. Mm. You are all I need. You know, that's my prayer every night. It's like, Man, I want somebody to share a life with. Man, I want children and more than anything, but but I know that this is your plan and you alone are sufficient if I don't find anybody. And so always having that in the back of your mind, knowing, hey, 
no matter true confidence in life comes from knowing no matter what I know, I'll be okay. That's so good, man. So good. So once again, you're 17. Enjoy being 17. Focus on yourself. Get done what you need to get done now. And don't worry. There's a lot of people in your same boat that have not dated or asked a girl out or been to a school dance at age 17. There's a lot of you. It might seem like you're the only one. And you probably look at TikTok and think, wow, I am a loser. You're not. You're normal. So just remember, you're normal and you're doing everything right. The fact that you're even asking these questions, the fact that you even emailed this podcast because it's on your heart, you're on the right path, man. Hang in there. And congrats on being valedictorian. That is an unbelievable accomplishment that I couldn't even come close to doing. Um, never would in a million lifetimes. So you you got so much going on for you. And um, I always say, when I when I talk to law enforcement or, or, or veterans or active duty military, I always say, thank you for your service. But we also need to say that to to medical personnel and not just nurses. We need to say it to doctors too. Thank you for your service and you haven't done it yet, but what you're about to do, thank you for what you're about to do is sacrifice a decade, just shy of a decade of your life to medicine, to learning a craft, a trade, so that then you can go into the field and heal people and make people's lives better and that that is a massive sacrifice that might get overlooked because you're really smart and you're going to make money doing it. And because you're really smart, and you're going to make money doing it. People go, wow, privileged. No, that's a massive sacrifice that you are making, that you're preparing to make. And God puts you on this earth with your brain to be valedictorian so you can go into that medical field and make a difference. So thank you for your service, buddy. You're going to be just fine. Let's see. Here's a... This is almost on the same line. This, has, this question says, good morning, Granger and Parker. He just happened to know you're here. Mm. I'm coming to you from San Bernardino County, California. My name is Chance, and I'm also a Smith. My question is, I heard that you are looking for a charity for different launches. Well, I'm a volunteer out of Southern California, and we have a nonprofit here. That's the SilverValleyFireAlliance.org. Check it out. Uh, it is to help us get out and get new gear in our neighborhood, neighborhooding, neighboring, excuse me, departments. Yeah, if you could help out, that would be amazing. Your Cali friend. So that's interesting. And, and anyone else that has an, an idea of charity, we usually, every time a new launch is coming up, we have this discussion internally and Yee Apparel will always support a different charity for every big launch. And that's something we haven't done yet. Um, Silver Valley, Fire Alliance. So that's awesome. Thanks for the info. And God knows California needs, Southern California needs firefighters and gear and equipment. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Cool. We have time for another, we have one more question before, uh, for a break. It says, my name is Dylan. I'm from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Shout out to Oklahoma. Just wanted to drop in a line and say thank you for being an encouragement to so many people um, through your many different social media accounts. I personally feel as though we are truly friends sitting in your truck having a conversation, which is what I want this podcast to be. So thank you. It says, I also appreciate how much you respect our military and first responders. As an EMT, I could say it's nice to know people. There's still good people out there. 
and uh, who appreciate what we do. My question is this: When the country things, when is the country things vinyl album going to come out? My wife tried to order me one for Christmas, but it was not on Yee.com website or Amazon. Please help. My wife got me a record player for Christmas, and I really want this album. Thank you, Dylan S. Are we going to do that? Didn't we already do that, I thought? I don't remember. I think we went through them and sold out. We did a short run, and we did like 500 of them and sold out. So I'll say, first of all, Dylan, um, thanks for your service. Uh, thank you for being an EMT. And shout out to Shawnee, Oklahoma. Love that town. Um, and also, thank you for appreciating the music so much that you want it to be on vinyl. That is a good question. I don't know the answer. I'd have to ask Tyler, and I don't know where we are, if we're going to reorder vinyl. But um, if we do, I'll announce it on this podcast and social media, and maybe we'll do it like another short run uh, this summer. The reason we don't is the reason we don't just have them in stock is because we ordered, I'm looking at it right here, the Remington vinyl. We ordered a bunch of those on the Remington launch and then we got stuck. They didn't sell very well. So we got stuck with just piles of them in the warehouse. <laughs> we still were like, how are we going to get rid of these vinyls? And as soon as we finally got rid of them, people started saying, where's your vinyls? Yeah. It's hard y'all. It's hard running, not only apparel, um, but music, music, uh, memorabilia because it's so expensive. I don't know how much a vinyl record for us would be. 14 or 15 bucks you know it's like pretty high for us for our cost and so to go in and order 500 and it's kind of taking a risk that they might sit on the shelf that's a long way to answer i don't know but thank you for caring man we'll take a quick break be right back this podcast is free to you wherever you're watching or listening but it does cost me some production costs. So I'm very lucky, very grateful to have some sponsors. Today's sponsor, brand new. Haven't done this before. This is called Candid. And it's crazy. I started reading about it. And I know, I know people have told me before. Like one guy said, the two greatest gifts your parents ever gave you was your name and your dental work. <laughs> and I was like, that's a great, that's a, that's a great analogy. Uh, and I'll agree with that. I agree. Those are, those are great gifts. Uh, so here's where candid comes in. Are you unhappy with your smile? Are you sensitive about your smile? I know guys really close to me that say the same thing. They're sensitive about their smile. They're self-conscious about it. Well, thousands of people are, and thousands of people have used candid, clear, comfortable, removable, and practically invisible aligners to help strengthen your teeth. And now people just love their smile. So it, this is well worth your time to at least listen if you fall in this category. Candid is here to help straighten your teeth so you could fall in love with your smile. Your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in teeth movement. You'll have the same quality of care you'd get from any kind of in-office orthodontist. From the comfort and convenience of your own home. Boom. That is awesome. Especially in this crazy world we live in. You stay home, they come to you. And while other companies are general dentist, Candid only works with orthodontists. There's a difference. It's teeth work, not teeth cleaning. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish. You never have to wonder how or what you're doing. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start to see results way before then. It costs thousands of dollars less than traditional braces. That is huge. 
So that that's that's the biggest turnoff with braces or teeth work. It's like I don't want to pay that. I'd rather just not smile, and that's a terrible compromise to make. Become the best you. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, you could save. So, why are you serious? Seventy five dollars. Right now, you could save $75 on Candid Starter Kit. Go to candidco.com slash Granger. I told you this is the first time I've seen this. Candidco.com slash Granger. Use the code Granger. That's candidco.com slash Granger. Code Granger. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. Candidco slash Granger. Code Granger. This is awesome. Podcast is also brought to you by one of my favorites, Headspace. Are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling like you need a breather, but you don't know exactly how to do it? Wouldn't it be great if there was like a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and feel better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace could change your life. It's a daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app right here on your phone. Headspace is one and only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Are you overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation just for you. You need help falling asleep? As wind down sessions for the, that people just swear by, and parents, it even has meditations to help you with your kids winding down, which is important. Kids are so distracted these days, so its approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall self or sense of well being. And I've been using Headspace long before I started talking about it on this app. It's just super easy to use. You could introduce music to it. You could just fall asleep to it. Like sometimes I'm on the bus and I'm like, I'm so wired from the show. I can't fall asleep. Pop in my headphones, hit play on on a fall asleep app, and you instantly start just feeling relaxed and tired. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Somebody out there thinks it works. Headspace makes it easy for you to build build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Granger. That's headspace.com slash Granger for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every situation. So this is so easy. You just try for free. See if you like it. If you don't, then you don't use it. But I promise you, you're going to get hooked on this thing. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to, head, head to headspace.com slash Granger today. If you have a question for me, anything at all could be about relationships or God or jobs or music or touring, email Podcast at gmail.com. Um, speaking of touring, we do have some tour dates that are just like starting to come in uh, in April. On April 22nd, Cheyenne, Wyoming. April 23rd, Inman, Kansas. April 24th, Manhattan, Kansas. April 25th, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Then there's that's a little run we're going to do. We're gonna, then there's nothing really until June. And then we're going to be shooting out to, we're going to have some Texas dates in June. Um, including New Braunfels on the 12th. Rockton, Illinois is on the 17th. I know we're, 
We're doing Country Fest in, in Cadet, Wisconsin on June 25th. So there are dates starting to fill in as this crazy mess is starting to clear up and people are starting to feel more confident and shows are booking. So I'll keep you guys up to date on, up, up to date on that too. This question comes from Mark from Pensacola, Florida. He's 30 years old. Shout out to Florida. He says, my wife and boys love your music and how God is using you, Amber, and your family in such a positive way. I'm reaching out because I just landed a new job and will likely be bringing in much more money than my prior job. Congrats, man. He says, my family and I are followers of Christ, and we want to be good stewards of our money. We know having money is a blessing, but we don't want to get caught up in loving it to a point where we become materialistic. It feels in this season, especially many people who are struggling with job security and finances, and we want to remain humble through it all. We'd love to hear some tips or life lessons with what you've learned going from going paycheck to paycheck to having a little bit more freedom financially and how to be wise with it. Thanks for your advice. Yee yee. Thank you, Mark. It's a good question and it comes up a lot, uh, especially internally. Like, what what do you do? And and we spoke about it a minute ago. That you know, first of all, Yee Apparel. We feel like we exist because the community and our fans and friends choose to support us. So we always want to be able to give back to the community every single launch and throughout the year. Uh, very, very important to us on a personal level. It's, it's always good to think about it in 10% increments. So if you get, you know, your paycheck at the end of the month or every two weeks, and it's, you just want to take 10% of that and give it back to your church or, uh, local charities that you trust. So that's a really good way to, to start. And the fact that you're being, you're wanting to be good stewards of your money is most of the battle right there. The fact that you even care and you're thinking about it already makes me think that you're going to continue to remain humble no matter what. Because as we all know, dude, you got this good job. It's awesome. You can get fired next week. Or you can get some kind of disability that takes you out of it. Or a pandemic hits like it did for us and all of your tour dates go away. So we don't worry about tomorrow, but we financially prepare for it, but we don't worry about it. So there's a big difference. And so you, you prepare like it could all be gone tomorrow and you live your life in a humble way, knowing that it could all disappear tomorrow. And you also live a life of, of complete gratefulness, knowing that in a way, and and I'm sure you're an awesome dude and you work really hard and you're really, so I'm sure but in a way, you don't deserve it in the same way that I don't deserve it. I don't deserve any kind of human success that we've had. But when we get it, I'm, I put gratefulness at the top of the list instead of um, thinking, oh, I did, the, man, I did good. Look how good I done. Instead of that, I put gratefulness at the top like, wow, wow, we're really, we really feel grateful. And you could verbalize it. You could say it out loud. Um, but it's, it's a big part of leading to answering your question. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. I like to, I like to think that, you know, we're just vessels that money can just pass through and we, you, you, us, whoever is 
doing okay, who's more than just can pay the bills, anything, everybody knows you get that security, you can pay your mortgage, you can put food on the table, you have water, you know, anything past that is not going to bring you any more happiness. Right. So, yeah. um, just trying to view yourself just as a vessel of, you just so happen to be offering a good or service to the market so that you have some leftover money, give it back. You know, that's going to come through you and it's just going to pass and it's going to be nothing but good to go back into the economy, go back into the market. So yeah, everything you said is right. There's a number that came out. Some kind of research team did this number, and I think it was $65,000 or $70,000 collective household income. If you make sixty-five dollars or $70,000 a year collective between you and your spouse in your, in your house, that is the max that you need to, to meet all your needs and to not have any kind of financial worries, something like that. Like that's the max you need, unless you're just buying a house that's too big or a car that's too big. And so, a lot of people will actually look at it that way. Like, if I make seventy thousand in my house, that's then I'm rich, and that's all I need. And anything after that is, you know, I'll use it for experiences. I'll spend it on experiences instead of junk, instead of buying more junk that. You can't, you can't pull a U-Haul behind your hearse. Do you hear that a million times? You cannot take a U-Haul to your, to your grave. So, it's better to spend the money if you're not going to go to a charity or donate it. It's better to use your money to buy experiences with you and your kids and your wife and things that are that'll last a lifetime. So, um, you're on the right path, man. Congrats on the job, the the new job, and we we truly wish you the best. Here's a, here's a question. It says, Hey Granger, I found you on YouTube first. And since then you've become one of my favorite two artists. Who's the other one? It says I go to, I go first to Pandora or just to play your, your music. And I love it. I remember a video of the Smiths where Amber asked you about how you didn't, you don't cough on stage. And you mentioned it, be, it came from the core cadets at Texas A&M. Did you serve or did you just go through the core program at A&M? Also, I'm a history major myself. I didn't go to A&M, but I love history. It says at the end here, it says, um, you mentioned your grandfather was a pilot, and sadly, we're losing the greatest generation more and more each year. So it's good to know that we have plenty of people who appreciate the subject and want to ensure we aren't the generation who has to repeat history due to not learning from it. And I saved this question because Parker was in the Corps also. Uh, neither one of us served in the military, but we were in the Corps of Cadets at A&M, which is a, um, what do they call that? It's NROTC. Yeah, NROTC. It used to be a mil- A&M was a military academy until, I believe, the 60s or 70s when they opened it up to a regular university. It used to be only military academy. So when they opened it up to, to everyone else, they offered at A&M the core to opened up to an option called DNC, which is drill and ceremony, which means you can go and join the core and you could go into the military and they'll pay for your school and your books. And you, they send you off to officer's training and boot camp and all that stuff. Or if you go DNC, that means you're that you're, you're only doing it for the camaraderie and the discipline and the work ethic and the, the military environment and college for your own growth 
AKA you're a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. So you're, yeah, you're crazy. So Parker and I and our dad, uh, did the core and it's funny. I don't remember saying that on the Smiths about coughing on stage, but coughing and sneezing because of the core, we would have to, you know, every morning formation, we would, we would, they call it getting crapped out. We'd get, we'd have to go like on a run or do push ups or whatever. And then we'd have to be up on the wall and they would inspect us or talk to us or yell at us or discipline us in some way. And while we're standing against the wall, you just have to be locked on forward, just eyes locked on, glazed over, looking straight ahead. Can't look at, can't look any direction or look at an upperclassman. You can't move. You can't sway. You can't scratch an itch. God forbid you cannot cough or sneeze. You cough or sneeze while they're, you're doing an inspection. Like you're, you and all your buddies are going to do push-ups till you just about die. So you just learn how to not cough or sneeze. And I think about that sometimes on stage. I'll think like a sneeze is coming on or maybe, maybe I'm at a meeting, you know, <laughs> and somebody's talking in the meeting and then maybe it's something important. And I feel a sneeze coming on and I'll just go straight back to the core. I'm like, don't you sneeze. Don't you sneeze, Smith. And I could get it where like not even my nose moves. And it's just a mental exercise. Do you do this, Parker? Can you do this? You can. I know you can. I, I, don't, I don't ever really think about it with sneezes. Uh, well, you didn't sneeze in the core. No. But the, <laughs> no, I was, real, I was a good freshman in the core. Your freshman year is the year that you're – that's like your your uh, intro year, where you're the follower. Where anything you do that's wrong, you're you're in training, so you have high standards that you have to follow. But uh, it's the uh, being a freshman is is uh, the ultimate training of not letting your outer surroundings affect what's going on internally. Keeping a thousand yard stare, your perfect hands ex- the exact way, standing at attention, not sneezing, not coughing not moving your mouth or blinking or turning around. It's really a great lesson probably for you in concerts with, you know, thousands of people screaming random things at you, throwing things at you, things going wrong. And you just have to stay internally calm and laser focused to get the job done, which obviously is why in in ROTC programs, they're doing that so that you can stay calm in in a life or death combat situation. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, not so, so much. Not, not, so, not so much. I don't think I I hold back sneezes specifically from my training in the core. I don't think I really ever hold back a sneeze. Honestly, uh, I'm just not in a situation where if I sneeze, <laughs> something bad happens. Granted, I don't know. I don't know if like it looks bad if you sneeze on stage. Well, I, I, when I say uh, meet like I'm in a meeting, of course it's nothing wrong with sneezing in a meeting. But I just it's almost like a like fun challenge. Get in trouble. It's like a fun challenge. Like, oh, can, can you completely suppress this? And you can. You definitely can. Amber doesn't understand that, but she could too if she tried. Uh, on stage, I do remember a few times I sneezed, and I'll do it like almost as a joke because Todd, my guitar player. He notices everything I do that's out of the ordinary, but sometimes I'll just turn my back to the audience and just sneeze really big, like onto the ground, and he'll start laughing at me. But uh, it's it's really rare that I'll ever anyone will see me sneeze or cough on the stage. I could do it off mic, but that's a funny thing. That probably what I learned from the core that I use more than that every day is when we had to greet our upperclassmen. We had to 
stick out her hand and and offer her hand like a handshake and you squeeze as tight as you can the firmest handshake you could imagine where you're you basically want to crush every bone in their hand that's the goal and if if they do it back to you at the same time you're okay if you beat them to it you could actually hurt them which is good if they beat you to it they're going to hurt you which is bad so both of you had the mindset of i got to just intensely shake his hand as hard as i can and at perfect attention with your eyes now your eyes if you're meeting them are locked right on his and you're speaking clearly. That's the only time they ever let you look them in the eyes. The when only time you could look them in the eye. It's called a whip out. Yeah, it was when you're shaking their hand. And you look them straight in the eye, never breaking it, and you speak clearly and loudly. And that is missing so much in culture. I see it all the time with little kids. Like, you get a limp handshake. They're not looking at you. They're looking down. They're not speaking clearly. Like, what? What are you saying? And nice to meet you. Don't don't mumble, especially if you're meeting someone. So I think about it when you're in the core at AM, we would meet upperclassmen and these guys are intimidating. You know? They they come at you and if if you mess up, you're gonna pay for it. And you have no choice. There is if an upperclassman that you've never met walks down the hallway or into the hallway or out of his room, you have to immediately meet him. Immediately. So there is no hesitation. So that translated to my life. Like I've walked in a lot of rooms with semi-important people and it never crossed my mind to hesitate in that moment <laughs> to go and meet them, look them in the eye and shake it. I remember when I met uh, George W. It was like, that was probably, George W. was probably the most intimidating person that ever walked into a room that I was in because he just has this booming personality uh, unlike you see on TV, he's actually pretty tall, big presence, loud voice. So when he came in the room, like my heart was pounding, but I snapped into freshman in the core mode and gave him my best handshake, tried to crush his bones in his hand, you know, and looked him straight in the eye and said, nice to meet you, sir. You know, like in a clear presence. And I attribute that to the core, which is it's pretty cool. That's a long way of answering the question of do I cough on stage? <laughs> Let's see. This question, this is not a question. This is a thank you from, from Edward. Said so thank you from Eddie in Arkansas. It says that uh, he was in the Marine Corps stationed in Okinawa, and that's the first time he went to a country bar and heard the Country Boy song in Earl Dibbles Jr. So that's awesome, man. He said, about six months ago, I discovered your podcast, and I've listened to every single episode. Um, the title of this is to thank you, because once I started listening to your podcast, I've tried to be as good as you. I don't necessarily like that that sentence, because I'm I'm a work in progress, but, but thank you, buddy. He said, I've changed my morning routine and started reading the Bible and turning my phone off and I just sit and enjoy the morning. This has really changed my life for the better. By doing this morning routine, it makes every day so much better. Thank you for all your due. Dude, Eddie, thank you, man. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad somebody's listening. Anytime someone says they listen to the podcast and they've heard all the episodes, I think, wow, somebody's actually listening. Because I sit here in front of this mic and I don't always know. I wonder if people like listen to 30 seconds and then move on. So... 
Yeah, Parker does the same thing. Um, I get up at 5.30. What, do you get up at 5? I do 5.30. 5.30. I get up at 5.30. It's Ever since daylight savings time, it's turned into 5.40. <laughs> Ever since, I still haven't. <laughs> it took me about a week to I get used to it. Not, it was 6 that week. Dude, it's hard at daylight savings time. But I get up at 5.30. My alarm goes off 5.30. And then I have... I had this, you know, morning routine, and, and a big part of that routine is reading the Bible, and no phone, cup of coffee, no one's up, everything's quiet. Do you still meditate? I do not. I do not. Even though on this podcast I advertise Headspace a lot, I haven't done it in probably six months because I've been kind of replacing it with just pure, honest prayer quiet, you know, like I'll get, I'll get up at five 30 and I'll go in there and I'll get a, like a cup of coffee and I'll get my stuff set up on my little table in the barn. And before I cut, I, before I touch the coffee, it's still hot and steaming. So before I even touch it and take my first sip, I close my eyes and then I start praying and it always starts with like, dear, dear father, you know, you're, I'm so grateful for another day, you know, to start another day, sustain my life for your purpose. And whatever happens today, whatever I do, let it manifest for your promise, your purpose, your will. And then, and then I'll more thanks. I try to do all my thanks at the beginning before I ask anything, you know, to get that out of the way. Then I, then I, Make my meaningless requests, you know, my little human request. And then I usually finish it with somewhere around saying, I'm about, I'm about to jump into this word. I'm about to jump into this Bible. And I know that this is the living word. That's Because that's what you said. This is the living word. So let this word come alive to me. Let me learn more about you today. Let me see something I haven't seen before in a new light that, that helps me to be closer to you, to seek you more. And that's kind of replaced meditating. And because, and I probably, there's nothing wrong with um, using them. I loved my meditation app, but I kind of run out of time if I do that for an hour and then the kids are up. And um, so there's a, there's actually this app right here. It's called Logos, Logos Bible. And I started this. And it's really awesome. And this is going to freak some people out, but I've been reading the Bible on my iPad. And I know some people are like paper people, and I get that. But I read, there's this pastor that I follow on social media, and he says he does this. And so I started looking into it, and sure enough, it's this really awesome program called Logos. And it you could start reading plans. And so my reading plan is... McShane reading plan. I think that's how you say it. M C H E Y N E. And the McShane reading plan is in one year, you're going to go through the old Testament once the Psalms twice and the new Testament twice. And so it just every morning it's like lately mine has been one chapter in Genesis, one chapter in Matthew, one chapter in Nehemiah and one chapter in Acts. So was that four? So, I feel like it can make it easier to read because it's it's bright, 
the mm. words are bigger than they are on a Bible, where they're a little bit smaller, which kind of adds a little bit of a potential disconnect. I feel like I've never done it before, but I feel so like that could help. Here it is, and you hit next at each page, and so now we're in Matthew, and and you, you the cool thing is these little numbers right here, like the little letters. You t- tap the letter, and it goes. Oh, that's the reference for that verse, and it says the same thing in Luke as it does in Matthew. Mm. And here's the, and you could jump to that reference. Sometimes there's a word you could you could check out the Greek or the Hebrew uh, translation for it, which is just really cool. Um, so I've really dug this, and I've dug this. I'm on day 16 right now of this program, and you can see I'm 15 completed out of 365. And by the end of the year, I'll be like, "Wow, I've read the New Testament twice, Psalms twice, and the Old Testament. It's pretty cool." The question that everybody has when they hear that is. How do you build the discipline to wake up that early? That's my number one question when I say that, and I'm sure that's yours. It's like, well, cool, I would love that. Of course my life would be better if I did that because it's all about having a mental check-in in the morning before you get your busy life going. How do I feel right now? Why do I feel that way? And how can I talk to my creator in a one-on-one quiet place? But I can't get up that early because I don't have the discipline to not hit snooze. Okay, well, so first question is why? Why do you do it? Answer for me. Mornings are much clearer. My brain is much clearer and relaxed in the morning. At the end of the day, it's trashed. I'm, my brain is trashed. I've made too many decisions. I've thought about too many things. I'm worried. I've whatever. My brain is trashed. So the key to getting up early is going to bed early. <laughs> like that's the key. Yeah. You don't wake up at 530 if you go to bed at midnight. Yeah. You just don't. No human, that's not right. Like you, humans need seven, eight hours of sleep minimum. That's just it. So you got to go to bed earlier. So you start by getting up early the first time and you feel terrible all day and then you're ready to go to bed early. That, so you're automatically on schedule. The, and the theory behind it is, and some people are like, dude, I can't, I have to go to bed at midnight or I have to go to bed at 1130. Okay. And this is scheduled. Well, not, it's not I'll for say, everybody. I'll say one thing real quick. I heard someone say the other day, you don't have to do anything. People, you literally don't have to do anything. No, I got, I got a mortgage to pay. You don't have to pay your mortgage. <laughs> I have to go to work tomorrow. You don't have to go to work tomorrow. It's like life is just about thinking about the consequences that happen. It's like I don't, we don't start work here till 9. I don't have to wake up at 530. I could wake up at 840 every day and rush here. I don't have to even come here and do this. I could go work at Starbucks if I wanted to. But it's about asking yourself why. Well, it's because I genuinely know my life will be better if I wake up at 530. In the moment, it's hard to get over that feeling of being tired. But I know for a fact that when I wake up and I have my quiet time and I go work out and then I come to work, my life and my my everything about my life is better and I'm more fulfilled and satisfied. Yep. So Tyler always says this, our other brother, but, and he, he always puts it right. About 7 p.m., I mean, he might even say 5 p.m., and, and on after that is trash time for the brain. Like, there's, you're probably not doing anything productive in your life after 7 p.m. Intellectually, you're just kind of existing. You eat dinner. You're doing some just like easy TV watching or Instagram scrolling or TikTok scrolling or watching YouTube. But none of it's really, you're not doing any work for your, you shouldn't be. Because if I try to do work at 8 p.m., I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to accomplish anything substantial. And some people are listening right now and going, no way. Like, that's my best, my best time is Every videographer and photographer and seems to be creatives for whatever reason yeah. late at night love doing that. So I'm a creative and I'm saying my brain, just the way I'm wired is better in the morning because I'm fresh off of sleep and I haven't made any decisions. The day has not stressed me at all and I'm completely fresh. I haven't eaten anything yet. I'm just drinking coffee. So that's my best time. And if you, if you, if you get up right now at nine o'clock every morning, the five thirties, it's like a nightmare. So you, you got to build into it. And if you would have asked me four years ago, I would have said the same thing. You're crazy, but you build into it and then you just, it becomes your life. You get used to it. So the point being at night, if, if you think you're so busy that you, you have to go to bed at midnight, then I go back to this time block your day, meaning for seven days in a row, write down each hour what you're doing and be, be disciplined enough for seven days to be honest and go from 4.30 to 5, I sat here and looked at Instagram. From 5 to 5.30, I talked to my girlfriend on the phone. From 5.30 to 6, I ate a snack. You'll realize when you look at that, that, man, there's like five hours of this day that I'm just kind of wasted. <laughs> and I know there's people that listen that work 60 hours a week. That's awesome. Um, we work super hard. Like when I'm on tour, we have crazy schedules. Uh, but even in the craziest, craziest of schedules, like for me, when I'm traveling, there's airplane time or airport time. What am I doing in the airport time? Like there's, you could always find these windows of, man, I, I shouldn't have been just sitting there scrolling Twitter. I should have been on Headspace. <laughs> so anyway, um, Eddie, appreciate you, dude. I, I'm just, I'm glad somebody's listening, and I'm glad that, you know, you're a Marine, so you understand it. But I'm glad that someone looks at it and goes, dude, I'm gonna get up early and read a little Bible, and start my day off. And then uh, here's your testimony. It makes my day better. I love that, dude. I mean, if you're the only one listening, you're the only one that's ever done that, that's listened to this podcast, then to me, this podcast has been a success. Because I could truly say that the last two years of us doing it every single morning, I'm, I'm talking about, I do, it, I do it on Sundays, I do it on Saturdays, I do it every day. If I'm on tour, it becomes, I have to refigure. If I'm playing a show and getting off the stage literally at 1230, then my next morning is not 5.30, it's 7.30. So if I'm, if I'm staying up late working on stage, I set my alarm seven hours from when my head hits the pillow. So if my head hits the pillow at, eight, at 1 a.m., I'm setting my alarm for 8 a.m. And that still works for me. Yeah, everybody will go, well, if I can't do it at 5.30, I'm not going to do it at all. What's like, and, you, and they'll say, well, you can't do it at that exact time every day. It's like, no, but... You just work it in because life work happens. Yeah, I, I get my eight hours. You like to get your seven hours. Um, people always tell me it must be nice to not have kids. You just wait, buddy. All that's going down the drain. So I love being here with you because you have kids I and you kids, still man. do it. I got kids, and you know I get up at five thirty, and they're usually rocking by seven by six thirty to six forty five. They're coming in and rocking. So my window is five thirty to six thirty. Mm -hmm. I have that window, and that window's going to end. Cool. Thank you, Eddie. Appreciate all you guys for, for asking questions. 
uh, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. If you have anything, if you want to see more Parker, hear more Parker, put in the comments. More Parker. If you think Parker's stupid, crazy, if you think I'm crazy, if you think we have bad ideas, put that in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.